Welcome to The Crimes We're Into. Hey, everybody. And we're so glad you're here. <laughs> we really are. We're glad that we have people that actually listen to us. Because and who listen to us weekly and love us. And for the ones who don't know, we have... Check out our Facebook page. We have a group over on Facebook. It is called... Until T- we get shut down. Yeah, I know. It's called TCWI Discussion Group. That is where we discuss the episode. That is where you post your memes. You can talk about other stuff that does not have to be true crime related. If you're like, uh, I don't want to post this on my regular page, but I want to post it here, go for it. It's our group to do whatever we want. So po- post away. Like if you don't want to tell something to your family, your friends on Facebook, but you're like, I got to say it. Say it over in our group. Wait, unless you killed somebody, then don't. Don't say it. Don't say it. Just, just go on. Pretend you say it, but don't say it. Oh, and also, if it doesn't come through, we're not blocking it. Yes. Watched. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in the Facebook world. If if you don't see your post, it's not us because we we accept anything. We don't care. Like we we love all of our patreons over there and speaking of patreons make sure i got really country there for a second (laughs) make sure to go check out our patreon we have a lot of bonus episodes like i said last week we have now started to where we have three episodes coming out every other week so if you join the five dollar level you can either get three episodes a week from us or two episodes a week from us a lot of episodes from us so just check us out over there you'll get merch sent to you all kinds of goodness check us out you'll love it any other housekeeping before i get like really country all right let's just jump in the water's fine or bloody we don't really know yet so jump in and see (laughs) so today's episode is about caitlin atkins she was born on september 2nd 1996 her mother's name. There's not really much about her like past history, so it's just kind of like eh, generic stuff. But anyways, her mother's name was Lisa, and she had Caitlin and her sister Gabby. They all lived in Virginia. When both girls were still young, her mother remarried, and they got a stepfather. Well, you know, because one does when your parents remarried, you get a step parent. But <laughs> Yeah, that's how that works. That's how that works. So they got a stepfather. His name was James Branton. And after a few years of marriage, the two got a divorce, but he kind of stayed in the girl's life. And he would like help out, you know, if needed. Like if the mom called and said, Hey, the girls need this. If he could, he would do it. If the mom called and said, Hey, I'm kind of short on this bill. If he could, he would help. Like, He was still a part of their life, even though he was just the stepfather. Caitlin was a very compassionate person. She always wanted to make people feel good. She wanted to make them feel happy. She loved, loved to like, you know, do people's makeup, braid their hair, you know, just whatever. And this chickadee was smart, Tamara. Like, smart. Like, so smart. She graduated at the age of 16. Two yes. Years early. She graduated early. You're surprised I'm keeping along with you, aren't you? Yeah, I am. But not only was this chickadee smart, she was a Hello Kitty loving, pierced, tattoo, coil-haired. You. Yes. I mean, other than the smart part, like, right there, like, 
it was me in high school well i didn't have you didn't have, have tattoos yeah i didn't have tattoos yet i didn't get that till afterwards but you know hello kitty loving pierced cool hair had pink and blue hair all right hello kitty keep going so when Caitlin was really young, she met her best friend in life, Amber. And when Amber and Caitlin were 11 years old, Amber's family moved to Arizona. So the girls stayed super close, even though that Miles separated them. And later they realized their friendship was more than a friendship. And they began a long distance relationship. So, Caitlin moved to Arizona to be with Amber in September of 2014. The two got engaged, and during that year in Arizona, Caitlin would still stay, like, in contact with her family. There was, like, I think an article or a interview that I seen with her mom. She said that her daughter would call her three times a day. What's wrong with that? See, for a person that doesn't like to talk on the phone, that is a lot. Like, <laughs> you, want to, you want me to tell you my call history for today? One, two. Oh, I only talked to Mama two times today, <laughs> and one of them was for two hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, it was, wait, I'm sorry, it was an hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> See, I'm, I, I'm the bad child. The only people that I talk to is you, my child, and my husband. Wednesday was three, four, five. Oh my gosh. 23rd was eight times. Okay, so as I'm just like, oh my God, you're like, what? That, that's no big deal. <laughs> okay, so for the unnormal person like me who calls our mother, like once a month, I'll text her more often, but I don't call her. She would call oh, her. That's not even including the like the FaceTimes that we we do, <laughs> so she can see many me. Anyways, that's why I'm her favorite. Hey, I gotta get her to miss me when I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> Otherwise, she wouldn't even know when I'm here and when I'm gone. Okay, okay, we'll go with that. So while she was in Arizona, she decided that she wanted to go back to school and take cosmetology courses. So Tamara, tell her tell her how that goes. School dropout, like me. So she needed her high school diploma to finish enrolling in her classes, and that was back in Virginia. So Caitlin plans a trip to go back to visit to get her high school diploma for school. And around the time that she flies back is the same exact time that her sister has her baby. So she was like super excited. She was going to come home, visit everybody, meet her nephew that was two weeks old, this little bitty baby named Landon for the first oh, time. I get to meet my itty bitty nephew and he'll only be like a month old. See, like it went from me and her relating to you and her relating, you know, like calling mama three times a day dropping out of cosmetology well i don't know if she dropped out but cosmetology <laughs> school and get to go visit your newborn nephew so she arrives on december 1st and she plans to go back on december 5th well her last night in town caitlin decides she's going to spend some time with two of her friends from high school these two were it's a guy and a girl couple that kind of comes in play later. That's the only reason I'm throwing it out. But anyways, so 
she loses track she loses track of time with her friends they stayed the night together and then they take her back to her mom's house probably way too early before anybody wants to get up so on the morning of december 5th so originally they already kind of like had plans and i'll talk more about this in a second but they had plans of who was going to take her and her mom couldn't take her so her stepfather takes her so at this time they're headed to her stepfather's house at 8 30 this morning so it sounds super super early nobody wants to be up at 8 30 in the morning the reason why her mom couldn't take her is her mom had to be at work at 10 a.m so if she dropped her off at the airport that was like an hour away Caitlin would be at the airport waiting on her flight for eight to nine hours. And nobody wants to be sitting in an airport that day long at all. So her aunt's husband was supposed to take her to the airport. Like that was the original plan. He was going to take her to the airport for her 5 p.m. flight. But during this week, his job was doing mandatory OT. So they wasn't really sure what time he was going to be able to get off and if he would be able to get off in time to take her to the airport. Cause you know, some people like to pick people up last minute, they rush to the airport and then the plane already left. And I digress. <laughs> Still relaxing. I helped you from going to jail that day. You're welcome. So he kind of like backed out saying like, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get you there in time. So Caitlin was like, okay, well, I'll just contact James, see if he could drop her off before he went into work at 3 p.m. So everything seemed normal. They arrived at her stepfather's house. Caitlin and James were talking about her plans to go to cosmetology school. They called up for a while before they had to leave for the airport. So Lisa told her to call once she got to Reagan's National Airport and then again before she was boarding the plane. Since he still had to work, she would only be getting at the airport roughly three hours, which is, you know, kind of a decent time frame considering they say, come two hours early. Not 10 minutes. The airport only holds 15 people. <laughs> that is the tiniest airport I've ever seen in my life. So around 1.52, James texts Lisa saying, I dropped Caitlin off. Her mom texts back saying, okay, thank you. How was the traffic? He said, not too bad. Lisa said the next text, and this I've seen two different ways. I don't really know which one because it just kind of confused me. So I seen where he tells her this now, what I'm about to read you. And then I hear that after she gets off work, he texts this. So I don't know if she's finding out around like two o'clock or she's finding this out at seven o'clock because I've seen it both ways. So either way, she still finds out blah, 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 blah. So he said that he dropped her off at the mall and she was going to ride the metro to the airport. And Lisa told the cops that this seemed, you know, like out of character because she hasn't rode this train since she was like six or seven. She wouldn't know how it worked. And this mall that she was going to, she shouldn't have even known that it was there because, you know, like I said, this airport is like an hour away from where they live so it's not something that she would be like oh just drop me off here I'll spend time you know here before I go over there about eight minutes later she receives a text from Caitlin saying I'm at the airport battery is dying 
so won't be able to text for a bit. Her mom texts back, okay, let me know when you get on the plane. Caitlin also texts Amber and says, something came up, not coming back today. I'll let, I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text for a bit. So Amber was like completely confused on what the heck was going on. Text Lisa and asked if she had any idea of what was going on. But Lisa knew this was like the only flight going out. Like there was no other flight. So this is probably when she got that sick feeling in her stomach. Cause like something's not right. Either your child missed your flight. She calls Caitlin multiple times trying to figure out what is going on. Does she miss their flight? Do they say she can't get on her flight? Like what's going on? Caitlin never picks up. Later that evening at 7.15, Lisa receives two short texts saying, stay in with a friend. And then she gets another text saying, I need some time alone. Well, at this time, her mother was driving home from work. So she pulls over, calls her daughter, and the call goes straight to voicemail. So, you know, mama's pissed because you don't send mama to voicemail. Well, from these two text messages, her family and her mom already knows, like, this is not Caitlin. Like, Caitlin does not text short little back-to-back texts. If she's texting you, it's basically a novel it's all in one she doesn't do back to back if she does send a back to back it's she misspelled something and she's like correcting what she spelled wrong not like me the other day when I was texting you and I'm like hey we need to do this hey does this and it was like five back to back texts where I was just like thinking and like commenting back to myself basically that wasn't like her Amber received another message through Facebook saying, I can't come back. I cheated on you. Everybody was so confused. Like, what the heck is going on? They are not getting any response from Caitlin. Caitlin's, you know, didn't act different. She didn't seem like anything was wrong whenever they took her to the airport or dropped her off at her stepdad's. Like, what in the world is going on? So her two friends that I told you that she was with and it was a kind of girl, you know, this is where this comes back up. The night she stayed with them, they were playing cards, drinking a little bit, and they ended up having a threesome together. So they said, you know, like it was a little awkward the next morning, but like no big, like it was something they regret, but like nothing. Something that's not a, I'm gonna kill you. So Lisa goes into full mama bear mode. She calls the airport to see if her daughter, you know, was on the flight. She checked in. They had no record of her whatsoever. So she calls James to see if she mentioned any friends' names with him since she texts saying that she was going to stay with friends. But James says, no. So Lisa calls the cops. And they say there's nothing they can really do because she's 19 and she wants to disappear. She can, you know, it's whatever Caitlin wants to do. So her mom, this was a Saturday when she was supposed to get on the plane. So her mom waits all day Sunday. And then Monday, she's like, bump this. I have not heard from my daughter. I'm going back to the police station. And she files a missing persons report because, you know, it's been more than 24 hours or 48 hours what 
they wanted. So while she was there filling out this paperwork, she gets escorted into a different room. When she goes into this private room, cops tell her, hey, we found Caitlin's bags in a ditch on River Road, 50 miles away from the airport. Remember, airport 60 miles away, about an hour away. They found her bags just a few miles away from James' house. Her bag, you know, like a regular like luggage bag with the wheels, had a broken wheel, which they believed it was tossed out of a moving vehicle. Her ID, money, and charger was still in the luggage, but her clothes, her diploma, and her phone was all missing. So this was like, what in the world? You leave your money, you leave your ID, you leave your charger, but you take your diploma and your clothes, but you throw the bag out? Like, would you not want your clothes in the bag and just take the bag? Like, what? Okay. So, of course, this, like, you know, kicks up the investigation because they're like, okay, we just found our luggage on the side of the road in a ditch. This isn't looking good. So they call James in and he tells them that he dropped her off at the mall at the JCP, JC Penney's entrance. He gives them a picture of his car. They're like, this is, you know, what I drive. This is what you'll be looking for. And then the cops request footage from the mall. During all this time, they find a body near where the bags was found. It was a blonde headed girl with tattoos in her 20s. But after DNA came back, they realized it was not Caitlin. It was another girl named Heather. Very, very short period in time, they thought maybe they had a serial killer. They were like just attacking young girls that was blonde, tattooed. You know, like what in the world? It's kind of this girl looks like she could be Caitlin, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was quickly ruled out. So now they were starting to think maybe she just ran away. Maybe since she cheated, she didn't want to go back home home, but she felt too guilty to stay with her family also. So once they got the mall footage, they also got phone records. And this came back and it it helped cops. It helped answer some questions. And then it brought up a lot more questions. So as they were watching the footage from the mall, they never seen James' car. Like, they never seen it. Like, never. It never pulled in. It never pulled out. It never, nothing. None. They never seen Caitlin inside the mall or outside the mall all day. Also, her phone records showed that her phone pinged only five miles away from where her bags were found. Just miles away from James's house. So cops were like, what the heck is going on? This guy has been extremely helpful. You know, he's came in, he's, you know, helped out. Like, what is going on? So they asked him to take a lie detector test. He agrees. They schedule it. Then he later comes back and says, yeah, I'm not going to take it. I'm being viewed as a suspect. I'm not going to do it. And hangs up on the cops. When he calls to say that he's declining his lie detector appointment. So Lisa is like fuming, pissed. She calls James and she's like, why are you not helping? 
this was your daughter, basically. Like, why are you not helping? You were the last person to see her. Why are you not helping? Well, this makes cops question him more. Why would he refuse? Why is he like shutting down now? You know, like something's up. So they get a search warrant. They spend eight hours collecting bedding, towels, electronics, anything you can think of. They collected it. They searched it. They also pulled his phone records and that showed that his phone pinged at his house all day long. So when they collected all this stuff, like his electronics, his, you know, bedding, he never wanted it back. He never asked for it back. He never got it back. Nothing. So his phone showed, like I said, him at his house all day long. This brought up a lot of red flags because uh, he was dropping her off early because he had to be at work at three, right? Right. Uh, Cops looked into his job and he never went in that day. He was a no call, no show. And he never, ever went back to this job. Ever. Ever, Tamara. And he went six months without working. Oh. Yeah. When they pulled, you know, his phone records, he was the only family member that has not called or texted Caitlin since the day that she went missing. Caitlin has no history of mental illness or no history of just dropping off the face of the earth. And the last confirmed sighting was her at his house when her mom dropped it off. He refuses to cooperate with police and he has not allowed them to look in his phone. They try to look in his phone, but his phone is so encrypted and he has like put on this special programming that only he could crack. Like experts can't even crack it. And he's like, nah, no bro, you ain't, you ain't looking at my phone. He gets on. The theories are, these are the theories and we can kind of like briefly talk about them because we're running out of time. But did James do something? Yes. Did he help her run away and he's just protecting her? No, because why would he block his his phone that much? Supposedly it was done beforehand. Like he's just a techie he knew guy. What was gonna happen. Or could have someone else got her. No, because why wouldn't he have left the house, nor would he show up at the um the mall like he said. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, why would you Show a picture to the cops of your car, knowing good and well you never went to the mall. Because he was like, oh, this is a common car. Some car must have come up like this. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh. You're just like, look, here's this black Honda. This is my car. How many black Hondas are out there? Look at you. Yes. I mean, I mean I, I've, I've always thought that he did something. I didn't think that he was, like, protecting her from running away because I just, I just don't see... Somebody being that gun ho of protecting, like if they did, then they would later like maybe come back and be like, young head, she's fine, she's blah blah blah. But going on how many years now and you being accused and people thinking you're a murderer, like I feel like he would have probably cracked a little bit. Maybe not gave her exact location, but he would have been like, Okay, she's fine. I helped do this. Yeah. I don't know. But you ready for a dumb dumb before we completely run out of time? I am ready. All right. The Washington State Patrol recovered an occupied stolen car on November 11, 2020 at the Arlington Rest area along the Interstate 5. 
Trooper shared a photo of the vehicle on Twitter of the driver and the stolen vehicle conveniently parked in a police parking only spot at rest area. This sharp-eyed Washington State officer was quickly to realize that this vehicle was not an undercover police vehicle and made contact with the driver. Not only was the car not undercover police vehicle, the driver was not an actual police officer. To top the story off, the vehicle had previously been reported as stolen. In addition to the unofficial award of the Dum Dum of the Day, this guy received a free ride to jail in an actual police vehicle. <laughs> I like and, how they threw that in. Like, no shade. <laughs> and the stolen Honda was returned to the registered owner. If you steal a vehicle, don't park in a police parking only. Dum Dum. How you like how that ended up being a Honda after I like three shades about Hondas? <laughs> Bye!